Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. So as some of you guys are probably aware, I occasionally dabble and be a guest on the Financial Independence Europe podcast. I don't often mention it on the Irish Fire podcast because sometimes the content repeats a little bit. But if you are following both podcasts, occasionally you might hear me on that podcast as well. And so since doing that, uh, I've become good friends with Alva Damon, who is uh, one of the main hosts of the FI Europe podcast. And he reached out to me recently and wanted to come back on the show. So I was certainly not going to say no to that. Alva's a fantastic saver and he's a strong and solid investor. Uh, I think his story is quite relatable in the way that he does have a normal nine to five job, uh, but he is actively pursuing the financial independence movement. His journey is quite different to mine, but we do have a lot in common. So in this particular interview, he touches on some of the things that he does around active investing and also some money saving tips. So by all means, do enjoy the interview and hopefully there's a few good nuggets in there. So without further ado, let's jump over to the interview. Alva, it is great to have you back on the show. I know that we spoke a few months ago and I've been itching to get you back on because your interview was very well received and I think that uh, you will be able to offer the listener base another great bit of advice. So thanks for being on. Thank you, Michael. Great to be back. It's an interesting time in the share market and the coronavirus has really started to ramp home in terms of the correction that's happening right now in the share market. So I think it's a great opportunity to talk a little bit about active investing and what one can do to be a little bit more active with their portfolio. And my own situation recently is that I've recently launched a new company called Forestry Crowd and I am actively moving my money into that company and I actually just bought my first forest this week week which is rather exciting but it is certainly active and it certainly keeps me busy and I know Alva that you have your own sort of strategy when it comes to active investing so I wondered if you might be able to share some of the things that you're doing and I know that some of these do involve your own money and some of them just involve your time which I think is great because it's an opportunity for I guess people to pick some of the things that you're doing maybe and consider trying them out for themselves. I think it's good to note straight away I've tried many, many random things over the years in terms of active investing, varying from extremely small things, a couple hundred, a couple dozen here and there, up to thousands. And I'll cover a number of them. I made myself a nice little spreadsheet, but I'm probably forgetting off. So I might in between just realize, oh, hey, when I was 16, I did X, Y, Z. But I would just say, let's get started and just run through the things I've gone, done over the years. Um, starting with uh, actually a very familiar one for probably most people, Airbnb. So years and years back, I actually used to Airbnb my student room, which um, is actually a very cheap room, um, 300 euro or so a month. And I was back then, okay, I want to earn some extra cash with this. I dumped a mattress on the floor and decided, okay, let's go and Airbnb this guy. Uh, yep, Airbnb is for 25 euro a night. Did that for a year or two, and not every single night, but we're talking one or two um, days a week and had a very wide variety of people coming over who slept in my student room. 
and helped me cover my um, rent throughout those years, which was amazing. And the nice part around that was as well that, um, you know, the work was pretty minimal because I was very straightforward in my advertisements. Basic metros, no fancy stuff. Come over, pay 25 euro, simple and straightforward. So the work for me just literally involved cleaning everything, communication and pocketing 25 euro, which definitely is not much given the hour of work roughly, which it required from my side. But back then, 25 euro was amazing for me as a student. Nice little extra supplement um, of getting my money in. Another one I would actually cover on that is uh, selling books online. So uh, there was a period where my university used to sell old study books for one euro each to raise money for charity. And what I literally did is just at the end of the year, they probably just collected, oh, these 5,000 books need to go. Let's raise some money for charity. Actually, not every book was a euro, but like between a euro and five euro, I believe. But that was the price they were selling them for, but the market value was still far higher. So what did I do? I went in and bought myself a ton of books. Um, obviously, I had um, in the Netherlands there, um, back then, there are two main uh, marketplaces I was using, Bol.com and Markplatz, uh, Markplatz.nl, uh, which pronounced in Dutch sounds funny like this, but anyway. So those were the two main areas I used to sell with. And on there, I could just literally look up, oh, this book goes for 20, this book goes for 30. So I went over um, and grabbed myself a couple dozen books and brought those home and, and threw them all on the websites. And we were roughly speaking, would say each book, let's say on average was costing me between three to five euro, selling them for 30. Um, uh, obviously I had to package them, um, bring them to the post office, probably pay like four euro. So um, for shipment cost, but in the end, we're still talking about 15 to 20 euro margin, what was left after all my costs and expenses, which was an amazing deal back as a student, because imagine, 20, 30 books, say 20 euro profit each, yeah, 600 euro, thank you. Rinse, repeat for all the five years I was in college. Actually, I did not do it every year. I think I did it for three out of the five years. Um, amazing extra little supplement to my income back then. Um, and that worked actually quite well. Another one back then, which I was quite involved with, was actually building websites for businesses. Very small one. It's really nothing fancy. Definitely not up to the level what Michael is doing. Wing, um, but just myself, either friends or businesses I knew, hey, do you need a website? 500 euro, um, job done, 20-ish hours work. And I did a fair number of those over the years. And that definitely added up. But these are all many things I've done years ago and for smaller amounts um, and very, now they were relatively simple and straightforward to organize. Uh, so I would say, let's go on to the things I'm actually doing right now. Just to kind of get started, like what do I actually actively do for money? I actually have a job. So I do work 35 hours a week and earn the majority of my money from this job. So next one, peer-to-peer -peer lending or crowd lending, very um, risky investment uh, based on some people's opinions. I found it a very interesting market. And at this very moment, um, I mean, I'm invested with Ratesetter in the UK and Mintos in Group Beer in Europe and got a very chunky amount of money with that, making 10 to 12% uh, on a yearly basis. And I'm not loan picking anything. I'm just sticking to the auto invest settings. Um, I've set those up and let that grow and let it run. And I think probably I'm looking at like 15 ish euro until Mintos so far, a couple hundred on Group Beer. 
and rate setter probably like 250-ish is what I've earned uh, on those platforms over the last three years. So I think that's pretty valuable. Um, and then the next one, this used to be a major one for me years ago, but DGI investing, dividend growth investing. Um, I was very big into actually looking at companies like Coca-Cola, um, AT&T, buying them as cheap as possible and throwing all my cash in there and then just let them pay out dividends, reinvest them, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and love this way of working. Um, I used to have a pretty big portfolio um, around dividend growth investing. have sold off recently quite a bit, but yeah, I love that way of working for cash flow purposes. Um, so that was back then a very a large part of my portfolio. And then jumping next, our good old-fashioned Vanguard portfolio. That's what I do mainly now, dumping £1,500 monthly in Vanguard funds and just letting that grow. Can you define that as active? I've got it all automated. It, it runs. I throw the cash in there. And that's just literally a rinse and repeat. So on to the next one, which is actually a bit more interesting, bank account switching. So I know that I don't know how this works in Ireland, but I do know that in the Netherlands and Germany and UK, mainly in the UK, um, you have a thing that's called bank account switching. What do you do? You go to a bank and you say like, hey, I would like to open a new account with yourself. And many banks offer bonuses anywhere in the range from like 50 pounds up to 200 sometimes or other benefits like cashback or like Amazon vouchers. You open an account for them and then you get that amount, yay. And then obviously they say you have to do something for this. So I tend to open an account, pay in um, whatever, whatever I have to pay in minimally um, get the bonus, let it run, and after six months, either close the account again or I just keep it. But many I actually do keep because they will become a part of either my bank account portfolio or I find a purpose for them or they're just simply so good that I want to keep them. Uh, so next one, referral bonuses. Using many, many services myself. And sometimes I walk into somebody and a service seems to be beneficial for them. And then we're talking, for example, the Jiro, Mintos, Trading212, Ratesetter, TransferWise, um, Revolut, and so on and so on. And we just recommend them, hey, you know, this might be worth it for you to use. It's free. It's valuable. You can actually earn some money with it. Um, and then often they use my referral link and I get a small commission on that. And that goes anywhere from, say, 50 euro all the way up to, um, I believe, Ratesetter paid out 100 quite a while back and like having those options available you know, we're probably talking 500 to a thousand yearly i'm getting through these referral bonuses just by talking to people and saying them like hey i use this service maybe check it out then next one sign up bonuses so this is kind of similar to bank accounts but different in the sense that uh, i obviously also sign up for services myself and often when I sign up for a service, recently, for example, I signed up for one called Weltify, which is a robo-investor here in the UK, threw £500 in there and got a £50 sign-up bonus. Amazing, um, simple cash, so let, why not do that? Um, and then the next one is cashback credit cards. So um, probably I really started with this when I moved to the UK. Um, four or five months back, I signed up for uh, an American Express credit card over here which gives me 5% cash back. Well, it gave for the first three months. Then afterwards, uh, there's anywhere between 0.5 up to 1%. And up to, as we speak, I believe I'm up to 140 pounds in cash back. And I'll probably, you know, top out anywhere between like two to 250 
for the entire year of 2020. I'm like, okay, that's actually, that's pretty good. I'll take that. So that's that. I'm actually going to investigate that one a bit more because there's quite a lot of opportunity uh, still on there. And I know there are many credit cards out there either for um, travel purposes or that uh, refund your ATM fees and so on and so on. Um, that must be a very good comparison website, which Michael might be able to mention there for Ireland where you can actually compare credit cards and find the best suitable one for yourself. And obviously always pay them off in full every single month. Uh, without exception, which is always the very first thing I do once I've signed up. Set up uh, the payment in full and go from there. So then the next one, um, actually expert interviews. So what does that mean? This just literally means you've got companies that hire uh, agencies to interview people on on topics uh, they either work in or they have expertise about, and they pay them a fee for it. So example, I used to work for a company that managed diabetes devices and a while back I was contacted by a company that was like hey would you like to um, consult for us on your expertise on this topic to be very honest I was like okay am I an expert on this uh, really and they were like yeah, yeah, yeah all good enough we just want to talk to you sure fine by me um, so obviously um, with those it's always a little bit tricky what do you say and what do you don't say in this one as actually I would uh, the interview still has to go ahead uh in the next week so i will receive the questions at some point and i'll see what the questions are at that point uh, and if i can actually answer them but if it works i'll get 60 pounds out of that another one which i do very often is actually phone interviews which is actually more like often just market research or somebody writing that um their thesis or whatever and they pay you 50 to 100 pounds very often for something like this and that's again researchers, companies, universities, just like, hey, I want your opinion, come and bring it over. Um, and I'm pretty sure there must be equivalents in Ireland or European equivalents that you can use. Uh, if you are interested in finding those, there's a subreddit called Beer Money where you find v- uh, many of them um, and but also are suggested specifically per country. So check those out. So what else then? Uh, we obviously got a five-year podcast uh, which the question is, is this active investing or no? It's a business and a hobby at the same time. I actually haven't heard anything from it, but hopefully maybe a little bit in the future and maybe just uh, invested a lot for now. And yeah, on to the next one, Chrome extensions, which might sound very weird, but what I um, started doing a couple of years back is using extensions like Honey or Top Cashback, which over all your purchases, just simply give you a small um, like commission, which often is anywhere between like two to four percent, but it adds up because all the shopping I do and my girlfriend combined on a yearly basis, all the phones we buy, the laptops, everything in essence, um, they give a small commission back on, and even if it just ends up being thirty to fifty over the entire year, that's still worth it to me because that's another thirty to fifty I have in my pocket, and I can absolutely use. So these are obviously, you know, all sounds good. These are the things I'm doing right now. Uh, but a very big one is hopefully coming soon for myself. Um, and it's actually house hacking. So I've done it a little bit with Airbnb, which, you know, you could maybe define a little bit as house hacking. But I'm planning to buy a house very soon. And once I've bought this, I would love to be able to let, uh, or not necessarily let, get a lodger for one of the rooms and help them pay the mortgage. Uh, 
I definitely uh, don't want to rent myself anymore. Would love to live somewhere and have somebody else help me pay the bills. So that's another one. And the nice thing in the UK is up to 7K, that's completely tax-free. So that's one thing uh, I'm planning to do as well in the long run. So that's kind of like in a nutshell, all the things I do actively in terms of either putting in my own time or my money to earn myself a return. So Michael, what do you think? Yeah, that's quite a list, Elvis. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, there were some brilliant ones in there. And I can confirm that bonkers.ie is a place to go to to compare things like credit cards. I can see Bank of Ireland's doing one at the moment. Pay $7.99 a month, but that includes multi-trip travel insurance, as well as two free flights a year on Aer Lingus. And you earn points for Aer Lingus, um, basically air miles, as part of the deal. So yeah, I'm not flying so much at the moment because I've got young kids, but uh, I think in the next few months... I might look at doing that one because we do put all our expenses on our credit cards. So there's a massive opportunity for us to be uh, getting some mileage points. And I think you really hit it on the head. I'm going to link some of those in the show notes, Alva, if that's okay, because um, particularly the Chrome extensions, that sounded quite interesting. But there were some great ones. And I like the fact that you actually touched on the fact that pair-to-pair is kind of active. And I I touched on this a couple of episodes ago uh, on the podcast that sometimes I think we have this obsession for passive investing. But even in the likes of the the share market over the last couple of days, how many of us have been checking it regularly to see what's going on or thinking about buying again or, you know, having a strategy around that. And the same for pair to pair, we're always checking it and making sure that our loans are still being used on the auto invest and moving money here and there and trying new ones. So it's not really passive when you really think about it. You know, it's, it's actually quite active in processes that you take. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly been something which is I've been focusing on recently and I, I certainly value what you're doing over and i think one of the nice things and one of the takeaways here um looking at what you're doing is that you're mastering how to make money right and we've talked about this before school doesn't teach you how to make money nobody is teaching you how to make money but at least you're going up there and you're trying to learn ways to make money and you know it's one of these funny things to be successful at making money or to be an entrepreneur or whatever you've only got to have one success you could have 99, 100, 1,000 things fail and have one success and be considered a success, right? So it's kind of the complete unlimited upside, which is one of the nice things. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Alba? Yes, the skills you're mentioning, because I believe the ability to earn money is a skill on itself. Not necessarily, oh, I do this through my job, but an understanding of how money is earned and where it can be found, because many parts of your life you are either spending or earning or there is a potential for yourself to earn money through it and being able to identify that and use it. That's where um, I think the ability of money management or the, the skill to earn money comes in from. Again, sometimes it's simply not worth it of spending hours to save a couple euro here and there. But being able to identify which part of your life could offer you that then great actually that you're putting all your expenses on a credit card. And, you know, use that ability because it's so simple to just do that, set it up and through there, you know, earn a couple hundred extra a year. Amazing. Actually, very quick question on that one. If it comes to actually sign up bonuses, is this a thing in Ireland where you sign up for an account and you get a, a bonus for it? They don't normally do that, but I'll tell you one that they do do, Elva, which is uh, a real cash cow, is they give you cash back when you take a mortgage out with the banks. And so I do know, and I, some, of the, some of the listeners of the podcast have actually reached out saying that they do do this, is that they literally switch mortgage providers every three to six months, and that cash back can be up to 9,000 euros. 
significant, significant money. So they go around, they've basically, they have their solicitor and the solicitor knows what they're doing and they just go around bank to bank until they've gone through all the banks and they can get up to 20 grand for doing that over a sort of two year period. Wow, that is genius. I wish I could do something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, but I think that's really it. And Michael, I think you summarized it nicely. Um, if that's in the end, it's not about the specifics or all the little hacks and tricks we're trying. It's good to know about them, but it's being aware of what's available and focusing, okay, where can I actually use um, my skills, earn some active cash and going out there and getting it done. That's it. As easy as that. And it wasn't until I covered the time versus energy episode that I realized that I myself hadn't been factoring in the energy levels that I use. And I know that for you, you kind of mentioned the fact that you had a job that required relatively low energy. So I guess I wouldn't mind hearing your own opinion on how you were able to structure your career and what you do around your energy levels. I think energy is key to everything, but you're indeed right. Um, definitely my job takes energy and some weeks like the last ones can be very tough, but generally speaking, it does not take a crazy amount of my energy. So why have I decided to do such a thing? I could have picked a job that either pays far more and work 56 hours a week and get to five faster. There's a reason why I'm not doing so. I like spending 35 hours on something I enjoy doing, but doesn't take all my energy in the world. So I've got energy available for, for example, an interview like this. Other personal projects that generate cash um, and have the ability to focus on those. That's the very reason why I'm doing that. And you can always make the comparison between the two. So when you say time is money, what's the most efficient way of spending your time and earning money? You can make many points on, okay, let's say I get a job that pays double um, but either comes with very stressful hours or long hours, or maybe, you know, maybe the hours are equal, but I have to work so much harder to get the same thing done. So anyway, Michael, I hope that makes sense in terms of um, how I approach the question of, okay, how do I manage my time and energy in terms of the job I pick and the job I'm not picking? Uh, yeah, very clear choice to go for something that's five minutes from home, 35 hours a week. And Definitely takes energy, but not as much as, yes, say, at a very stressful 60-hour-a-week uh, jobs that might pay twice as much as mine. But, yeah, I've got energy at left at the end of the day to spend on the projects I care about. And that's the very reason behind my choice. And who knows? In five years, I might think, okay, what Michael is doing, that 10 hours a week thing, um, and working as a web developer, I'm going to do the same. That sounds amazing. I might change my mind. I generally do not know. But at this point, this makes the most sense for me and I will stick to this. So yeah, Michael, thank you so much for the question. Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure, Alva. And uh, look, to be honest, it, it's funny that I know we talked about this months ago and we kind of debated a little bit back and forward. And, and even though at the time I didn't agree with you, I went away and it kind of sits in your subconscious for a while. And it sort of, you know, it's amazing how it kind of develops as a person on different opinions on these things. And I, I think that you've, you're right in saying that I don't think we should ever look too far ahead because we don't know what our life situation will be. 
you know, you might have a family in five years' time and the last thing you want to go and do is, is work too much. Maybe you do want to cut back then or take that, um, you know, the sabbatical or whatever. So the sky's the limit, right? And it comes back to exactly what, what you talked about earlier is having skills and being able to learn how to make money because it's ultimately going to give you options. And I think the financial independence movement is all about having options. So Alva, it's been wonderful to have you on the show again. I think you've given some great pointers there. I always like your angle. It's your story and journey is very different to mine, but at the same time, we have a lot in common. So thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, if you do have any questions on this interview, feel free to drop me a line, as always, at michael at firepodcast.ie. I look forward to catching you guys on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire Podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast, as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.